Well, thank you once again for joining us uh, in person for our service. If you're listening again online or, or watching this afterwards, thank you for uh, for choosing to be with us. It, it's great to have you here. And um, we're going to be starting a new series today, and I'll explain a little bit about that in due course. But before I do that, I wonder if you can remember back to the 28th of June, 2020. Uh, maybe it doesn't seem that long ago, uh, but it was a Sunday morning, and we were gathered online uh, for a service, which uh, I was leading from the office there in church. Uh, everyone else was still um, remaining in their homes at that time. Uh, but it was a service that we included a prayer for one another as a church family. Uh, and it, that prayer went along with some Makatong signing to a sung version of the priestly prayer from Numbers 6. Uh, perhaps you can remember being part of that video or, or at the very least enjoying watching that video. And, and there could be many of us who maybe recall the words uh, particularly the words in that blessing from Numbers 6, 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Uh, this week I look back and find that video again and enjoyed watching it over a few times. I'm not going to lie, it made me a little emotional just like it did this time last year uh, to see us as a, as a church family praying for one another in that way. Uh, and if time allows, hopefully we'll include that video again at the end of our time here this morning and you'll get that sense too of, of enjoying praying for and with one another. Um, I'd encourage you to at least try to get that sense rather than uh, simply marvelling at uh, how much we've all changed in the year. Um, for better or worse, I'll leave that up to your discretion. Um, but it's a, it's a wonderful prayer, isn't it? That prayer in number six, that priestly blessing. Uh, and yes, it, it was given uh, by God to Moses for his brother Aaron, who's being set apart, commissioned uh, to be the priest for the people of Israel. Uh, and so we don't want to rip it completely out of its original context. However, we can see that there are timeless, eternal truths within that prayer for those who seek to, to know God and live for their lives for him. And so it is a prayer that we can pray for and over one another as brothers and sisters, that we would know God's blessing, that we would see his face shine on us. Uh, and I'm sure like me, you, you've prayed for God's blessing on individuals or, or groups of people many times. But, but I wonder if we always know what we mean by God's blessing. Uh, what are we asking for when we're asking God to bless? Now, don't get me wrong, there will obviously be times when the focus of that blessing will be very clear given the nature of the circumstances that we're praying into or that someone might be going through. Um, but I ask that question this morning because I think I fall into the trap of, of almost becoming a little flippant with that phrase, with that expression. I, I'm hopefully not flippant uh, by asking for God's blessing on individuals or people. Hopefully that is genuine every time. But, but I just mean that it has the potential, that phrase has the potential to become just a nice thing to say uh, or, or maybe a helpful way to, to sign off an email. But, but in doing so, in treating it flippantly, I think I miss the, the gravity and the joy that I'm asking for when I use that phrase. God bless you. May you know God's blessing. May we collectively experience the blessing of God. These are wonderful statements and requests that we can make for ourselves and for one another. And the psalm I want us to consider this morning, Psalm 67, helps us to understand why the blessing of God is such a great thing. And perhaps as you're turning to Psalm 67 there, if you have a copy of God's Word with you, uh, let me just explain that, that this is the first of our summer series of Sunday teaching based in the Psalms. Uh, you may well know that we looked at the Psalms over a number of Sundays last summer. 
and we're going to continue to do so this year. So I'm going to teach today and next week. Then Michael Wright will lead us through Psalm 51, we think. Uh, and then we'll have some teaching from some friends of ours at Strandtown Baptist who will be joining us for three weeks. And then we'll have two Sundays focused on Holiday Bible Club before and after that week. Uh, and then David Luke will continue, will conclude our series at the end of August. And so we're excited about what God is going to teach us as we look again at the Psalms. Uh, and last year we entitled, and this year we're continuing this title of The Songs for Every Season. Because within the Psalms we find this wonderful gift of a collection of 150 poems or reflections or songs which, which seem to incorporate every kind of human emotion that we might face. So we see songs of praise, songs of joy, songs of lament, songs of anguish, songs of hope, of redemption, of salvation, of doubt, of fear, of trust, of faith and many, many more. Indeed, many of the Psalms uh, actually incorporate a variety of those emotions within one Psalm as the writers seem to almost be processing their emotions while they write, seeking to, to share their experience, yes, but also cling to the truth that they know. And so in the Psalms, I believe we find songs for every season and every season of life that we might be in. And Psalm 67 that we're going to look at this morning is a, is a psalm of praise, lifting our eyes to the greatness of God. Uh, but this psalm is also a psalm which turns our gaze outward to the world. Uh, and that's where it teaches us so much about God's blessing. You see, we'll read how God's blessing is not just about us. It, it's not even just about those around us. But ultimately, this psalm is going to show us that God's blessing is ultimately about God. Let's read this psalm together. If you have a copy of God's word with you, it would be helpful to turn there now. Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. Among all the nations, sorry. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy for you rule the peoples with equity. And guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God our God blesses us. May God bless us still. So that all the ends of the earth will fear him. And we pray God's blessing as we turn to his word and ask him to speak to us. Um, but I wonder as we begin reading that psalm, can, can you see those links back to the priestly blessing from number 6? In verse 1 there we read, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. Uh, and there's no doubt the writer paraphrases number 6 intentionally because the idea of God's blessing, the idea of his face shining on his people uh, was a key thought for the people of Israel. Um, but verse 2 takes our focus away from any sense of, of selfishness or, or inward gazing blessing. May God be gracious to us and bless us and his face shine on us, verse 1 says. Then verse 2, so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. You see, the, the so that at the beginning of verse 2, that, that this is the reason that the writer is asking God for grace and blessing and face shining. So that... Your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. Uh, and this idea is repeated at the end of the psalm in verse 7. May God bless us still so that all the earth, so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. 
May God bless us so that the ends of the earth will fear him. You see, if this psalm was a sandwich, uh, the slices of bread at the bottom and the top, they, they show us that God blesses. Yes, he does, and how wonderful it is. But he blesses us for his own good, for his glory, so that people come to know him. In fact, as Warren Wearsby describes blessing, uh, he says it in this way. A blessing is a gift from God that glorifies his name, helps his people and through them reaches out to help others who will glorify his name. God blesses us that we might be a blessing to others. And so what we're going to unpack this morning is the reality that God's blessing is always purposeful. And that purpose is bigger and better than we could ever imagine. You see, it's not just true that God blesses us to be a blessing. That is true, but it's not just that. The bigger picture is that God blesses us so that he is glorified. The end goal is not just that others may be blessed. That is a wonderful outpouring of his grace to us. But as we see from Psalm 67, the end goal is that God's ways are known, that his saving power is known, and that the ends of the earth will fear him. To put it this way, God blesses so that he is known, and by being known, he will be glorified. God blesses so that he is known, and by being known, he will be glorified. Now, I realise that that statement may generate a, a sense of discomfort in some of us because uh, it makes God sound like an egomaniac, like he's only out to, to build his own self-esteem by demanding praise and honour to be given to him by all who follow him. Um, but that could not be further from the reality of what we see in Scripture. You see, we need to have a, a better and a clearer view of who God is so that we can understand that by him receiving glory, that is actually the most loving and generous and kind thing that he could ask for. Not only that, it is actually the best outcome for us in giving him glory. John Piper really helpfully puts it like this. The reason God is not an egomaniac in exalting himself is because he is exalting the very thing that satisfies my soul, namely his beauty, his glory, his character. See, in exalting himself, he is exalting the very thing that satisfies my soul, namely his beauty, his glory, his character. See, God is the best, the purest, the most loving, the most just, the most righteous being in the universe which he himself created. And therefore, by, by drawing us to himself and commanding that we be the, the or that he is the sole object of our praise and our adoration, that is a loving thing for him to do because anything less than him which takes that place is ultimately unfulfilling. You see, the only source of lasting joy and peace and fulfillment comes through him. And that is made possible, that restored relationship is made possible because of faith in Jesus Christ alone. And we'll come on to talk about that in a minute. But we need to clarify that it is right that, God's, that, that the goal of God's blessing is his own glory. And that in itself is the greatest good that he could ask us for. Um, let's get back to Psalm 67. This psalm that so clearly points us to consider the blessings of God and how they lead to his praise. Uh, because within these seven short verses we see some of the reasons why he is worthy of that praise. Uh, and we're just going to look at two examples of that this morning. Uh, 
And so the psalm begins in verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be made known on the earth. Your ways may be made known on the earth. You see, the first reason, the first, uh, the first reason that God is worthy of our praise is because of his ways. The, the ways of God, in other words, the, the design that he has laid out for how we should live our lives. Uh, his laws, his commands, his decrees, his statutes, they're often called, especially in the Psalms, his word. And let's consider a number of other passages that, that speak of the ways of the Lord and what they teach us. Psalm 77 says this, your ways, God, are holy. Who God, or What God is as great as our God? Your ways, God, are holy. Psalm 119, just one of the verses from there, which speaks of this. Direct me in the path of your commands. Your ways, your laws, your paths. Direct me in the path of your commands. For there I find delight. Isaiah 55, talking to his people, God talking to his people, says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, God's ways are good. They are right. They are just. They are true. Uh, yes, at times they, they may seem countercultural. We may even say they're difficult to obey at times. But they are always best because they are God's ways. And because he is so good and pure and just and right and holy and loving. And so his ways are going to lead us in those paths. Even later in this psalm in verse 4, we see the impact of these ways. Verse 4 reads, May the nations be glad and sing for you, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. See, gladness and singing with joy, that's the response, that's the result when people follow the fair and just ruling of God, when they follow his guiding ways, because his ways lead to good things and therefore there will be gladness, there will be songs of joy. You see, when God's ways are known, when his ways are followed, they lead to good and lasting joy. And so we praise him firstly for his good ways. Um, but, but not only that, we praise him that he has made those ways known. Did you see that in verse 2? So that your ways may be known on earth. He, 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 has, he has made his ways known. God has not hidden these from us, but he has given them to us so that we may know his paths, know his ways, and therefore walk in them and find this lasting joy. And the way in which he has done that and made his ways known to us is primarily through his word, the Bible. See, it's in these divinely inspired pages that we see God speak and that we see him show us his ways so vividly. See, God wants to be known. Our God is a God of relationship. He longs for the nations to know him, as we see here in this psalm, to know him and to follow him and to follow his ways. So that's the first thing that we have to praise God for, that blessing that he gives us, which then we return back to him and praise his ways. And thinking of his ways, it leads us to consider the second example of why God deserves praise. Uh, and we see that he deserves praise again in verse 2 because of his salvation. Verse 2 says, so that your ways may be known on the earth. And then almost elaborating on that or explaining or giving an example of one of those ways. Your salvation among the nations. See, one of the chief ways of God which we can know is his salvation. Uh, and his blessing on those who know that salvation leads others to know that salvation. 
Uh, and this salvation message is for the whole world. It's for all the nations, all the peoples we see here in this psalm. And we also see it in places like First Timothy. Uh, in First Timothy 2, 4, we see that God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. All people. God wants all people to be saved. There is no one who is outside the scope of God's ability to save. God wants the news of his salvation to stretch to every nation and tribe and tongue so that all people have the opportunity to respond in faith to his good news. I think as well of Second Peter 3 verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. God is patient, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Or, or John 3.16, those famous verses, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You see, God wants all to come in repentance and faith. And that way has been made open, that we may come in repentance and faith. That way has been made open by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is God's salvation way. It is Jesus. And that way of what Jesus accomplished for us has been made so clear in many places in Scripture. But some of you may remember our Holiday Bible Club memory verse from two years ago, 1 John 4, 9-10. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God showed his love in sending his son, Jesus, to the world to give life. And why did we deserve that? Well, we didn't. Not that we loved God, First John tells us, but that he loved us. God took the initiative in displaying his love and making himself known. See, he created the entire universe, including humanity. And it is humanity who make a mess of things. It's us who turn away from his ways. That those plans that he, let, that he gave us and those directions that he gave us to live a life of flourishing under his lordship and kingship. But we turn away from that. We step away from his glory and we mess it up. It's what the Bible calls sin. And that sin carries a penalty. That, that eternal separation from the source of, of all good and love God himself. And an, an eternity then of judgment. For turning from him and therefore dealing with the penalty of sin ourselves. But because he loved us, he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. See, he sent his son, his, his one and only son, the perfect sinless Jesus came to live among his creation and therefore fully understand our messes and our struggles. Now, now he wasn't guilty of any sin Yet he became an atoning sacrifice. He took the place of us who, who, who deserved to stand guilty. He stood in that gap in order to, to restore and make right our relationship with God. See, he took the penalty that should be on our shoulders, the penalty of our sin, so that God can both fully satisfy his just condemnation of sin and in love rescue those of us who are sinners, all of us who are sinners. And so for those who come to him in repentance, who recognize our need for God's saving work, because without him we do carry that weight of sin ourselves. For those of us who ask for his forgiveness, who respond to his lavish mercy with this heartfelt whole life obedience, 
then we know the gracious blessing of God. We know his face shining on us. We know his salvation. You see, God's salvation is the greatest gift that anyone could receive. And so if you need to receive that this morning, please do not leave this place without speaking to someone and heading home. Come to know Jesus, the good, the loving, the gracious, holy God. His ways are so good. His salvation is for you. So come to him. Lay your life down before him. Know that you're know for yourself this this eternal lasting joy as your relationship with your heavenly father is restored because of what Jesus has done in your place. And and for those of us who do know this glorious salvation for ourselves, let's live our lives in such a way that that passes on that blessing to those around us let's be let's be bolder in our sharing with our words of of that good news of salvation with those that we know and love and as we saw recently in first peter we do so with gentleness and respect and let's demonstrate a life of of willing and loving obedience to following god's ways knowing that they are best they are right they are true even again as we saw in first peter we live in a world that sometimes makes those ways seem difficult to follow but no we live hopeful faithful lives as we stand firm for him and for his good news and so we can see from this psalm just in the brief time that we've had this morning that that God deserves praise and he deserves praise because of his wondrous ways and his remarkable salvation these are just two examples of the many blessings that God provides and therefore two examples of the many reasons that he deserves our praise And of course we could cite many of those reasons from scripture itself, from our own lives as we've encountered the goodness and faithfulness of God over time. So let's let's consciously be aware of God's good gifts to us. And let's allow his work in our lives to to add fuel to that fire of praise. Recognising that we as we experience God's blessing in our lives, it's not just for our benefit. It's not even just for the benefit of those who we may pass that blessing on to, but rather God blesses so that he is known and by being known he will be glorified god blesses so that he is known and by being known he will be glorified and so whatever you're heading into this week a time of rest and holiday a time with friends or family a time back on the wards or back in the office may you indeed know god's blessing and may we continue to pray that rich blessing for one another let's read these words again as we finish from psalm 67 may god be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth your salvation among all nations may the peoples praise you god may all the peoples praise you may the nations be glad and sing for joy for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth may the peoples praise you god may all the peoples praise you the land yields its harvest god our god blesses us may god bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him amen